Welcome to Status EAS. Montana still tones nothing. Seattle has nothing to tone. In Florida, well, there's been some hurricane warnings lately. Yeah, and that's the ERN podcast. See you guys next up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm joined today by uh, by Emma, Frank, Aura, and a guest on the ERN podcast, DV. Thanks for joining the podcast. Salut. Yeah. And uh, this episode of the ERN podcast is brought to you by WACN Technologies, one of the leaders in ERN. Yes, it is. Not even just ERN, your EAS Technologies partner. Anna isn't here this episode, but we thought we'd still get it in because why not? <laughs> I mean, she's cute. She deserves it. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> so we got we got a we got a good episode planned for you guys today. We're going to talk. We're going to continue more about how to how to run an e, uh, Internet radio station the ERN way. We got Emma to talk about both uh, Crossroads in the mix, also known as ERN, ECH and ECH alt. And then we got Aura talk about their station so it should be a fun one and then we got frank back again talking about some updates to wgup so that'll be a fun one so i guess let's just get right into it does, does anyone want to go first on this or i mean why not i go for it how does your station run i mean it's other than i've been i upgraded from itunes to radio dj so that's like the biggest thing i've done so far so now i have like live station titles and everything not station nice. titles, but like it updates the music info your, your live metadata yeah my live metadata updates i still need to see if i can get images to run but other than that yeah i know uh marley does something cool with a cult where it actually uh whenever you send the meta- metadata it will pull from a database of artist photos mm-hmm so it'll just go from that. So I think that's pretty cool. So yeah, and then yeah of course, getting off of iTunes is a plus. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, my monitoring setup, it's really simple. I just have everything set up. So lower priority alerts, they have a timeout of like 15 minutes. And like the really important stuff they send immediately. And then, of course, the local stuff they, that also sends immediately. Nice. What, what NDEC do you run on your station? Uh, I run a Sage 1822. I have an easy IP as like a secondary end deck if I absolutely needed to, but that's local only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing with the with the easies, though, is that, you know, you kind of have to yeah. be in a, a set run, area. Yeah, I run a little video thing on it. I just don't have any content to play on it. So I just have this looping title thing that says there's no content available right now. Nice. It's yeah. What do you what do you run alert wise? Do you relay everything or what do you do? I relay high priority weather alerts, pretty much every single civil authority alert. So like if there's something going on somewhere that's not weather related, it'll definitely still go through and it goes through immediately. But I'd have two priority levels, which is outside and local. Local always gets the higher priority. Yeah, of course, that's how I run it on my station as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I've had a couple priority overrides, mostly weather-related stuff, like outside weather alerts that I've been relaying have been interrupted with local weather alerts. That's about it, though. Nice. So, yeah, you got a pretty simple station. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. I, we, I think we both knew that yours was going to be pretty short. <laughs> I don't relay RWTs. And that actually... Is, that's fair. I respect it. And actually, most RMTs as well that aren't, like, either the ERN or local RMTs. Do you block demos or I block demos like 
any demo that goes through, even ERN system-wide demos, they get blocked. They just show up as a system test and log. Yeah, that's what I do. I block all demos. Yeah. It's just I not send worth, them out occasionally, but that's... Yeah, I send them out occasionally, but that's mostly just if I restart my equipment. Yeah, exactly. Make sure things are actually working. Yeah, or if I want to show off my equipment to someone who's visiting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why DMO exists. Yeah, what what kind of uh, stuff does your station run music-wise? Uh, it's mostly just stuff from chill hop music nice so kind of kind of like kind of like anna a little bit yeah kind of like that i have like different playlists that play throughout certain times of the day so i have a morning midday evening and overnight playlist and that nice i have radio dj to set set up to cycle through those every so often nice yeah i do the kind of the same thing i run more chill hop lo-fi stuff plus more acoustic music at night and then during the day it's free reign mm-hmm. yeah i i uh speaking of anna i anna gave me a challenge recently i'm a nose about this one where uh <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting one so anna told me that if i can use stereo tool to make her stream sound better she would implement it and from what i hear myself it sounds good i don't know Emma, what do you think about it so far it's really subtle, but I mean, you can tell there's a difference and it's not a negative difference, which is more than I can say for the processing on some of the local commercial FM stations here in Abbotsford. So, uh, yeah, it's an improvement. You succeeded. Gold star. Yeah, yeah I, most I, of, I know most of my stuff. I just go with whatever audio equipment I have. My computer's inbuilt DAC is actually pretty decent. So that goes to my Sage, and then my Sage goes to the computer's audio in. It it maxes out at the quality Spotify uses anyway. So, what, like, what's the what's the uh, the uh, computer you're using to run your station? I'm rolling. I'm using a Dell Optiplex seventy ten. Oh, nice. So it's got a it's got a bit of power if you need it. Yeah, it's got a bit of power. I upgraded the RAM to eight gigabytes from its original four, so I can run a little bit more stuff on it. Because I was gonna say, uh, if you got that extra pro- if you got that extra processor horsepower, you can uh, you can get it's got a tool on there. <laughs> it's got a lowly i three in it, and OBS takes up most of the CPU time. Nice. No, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Although, still, the CPU utilization is below fifty percent most of the time. That's not bad. That's still pretty good. Oh, that's Emma, you, <laughs> Emma, Emma knows as well as I do that I'm the one, me, me and Marley are the ones that have uh, been trying to flood uh, ERN with stereo tool. Yes, yeah. I noticed. I, Vimeo should hire you as a spokesman. They should. I know. I, I have John to thank for set, helping me set up, uh, was it? Well, actually, no, he set up Radio DJ and helped fix a couple of issues I was having with the ERN logger. Nice. So, yeah. You have to get John in here so John could talk about his station. Unfortunately, he's across town and also working, so. Boo. No, I'm kidding. It's respectable. <laughs> yeah. At least he's making money. Enough money to buy a 3644. Oh, is that what he's going for? <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> uh, he'll find out eventually. <laughs> Emma said at one point that uh, she wants me to try to stereo tool her stations 
And speaking of MS stations, I actually have a fairly <laughs> powerful all-in-one computer that I could probably run Stereo Tool on and have it run fairly well. I'm down to help you out if you want it. I mean, yeah, it's sitting currently sitting unused, but yeah, no, I'm down to help if you want it. Yeah, it's got like 16 gigs of RAM, a eighth gen Intel Core i5, I think. Oh, I'm running a 6th Gen i5, and I'm running two Stereo Tool instances along with all my station stuff. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, that computer probably has plenty of power. Yeah. The problem is is that i got to get all the new software updates on it. And, of course, I have to get all the new stuff on it because I offloaded what was currently set up on that to my streaming computer. So that way I could have an all-in-one solution. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I need to get another serial cable at some point so I can start logging stuff for my easy because I currently use the serial cable for that for programming it. Do you just have your easy set up right now to do local monitoring or the easiest set for local monitoring? It it monitors my stage, but my stage does not monitor it. Oh, okay. So that that way, like if I want to send alerts on it, that would get me kicked out of ERN. I can send alerts on it and the stage (laughs) wouldn't care. Because it wouldn't know that those alerts are getting sent. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That totally does. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of the the one ERN participant that, that runs two different local areas, Emma, <laughs> <laughs> which yes. one do you want to talk about first? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to let you decide on that one. Let's, let's do, let's do the main station. I consider that to be crossroads. Okay. Um, well, I'll preface this with a small aside. Uh, while uh, while Aura... <clears throat> ah, goodness. I should not have eaten dinner right before recording time. <laughs> um, right. Uh, while Aura was talking about their station, um, I got a notification on my phone. There was a magnitude 4.8 earthquake in my regional coverage area about 10 minutes ago. And that's back uh, in Georgia, right? Good or is Lord, that here? No, not in Georgia. They're, they're, <laughs> that'd be like network special report level if that were in Georgia. Yeah, exactly. No, there was a 4.865 miles southeast of Port Alice, British Columbia. I th- oh, wow. I, th- I think uh, if there was an earthquake in Georgia, I would be feeling it right now. Also that. <laughs> Also that, because Frank and I share a coverage area. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of earthquakes, there was actually a uh, an earthquake. I think it was like 20 miles north of Missoula like a week or two ago. I don't remember if you saw Marley talking about that in the chat. But yeah, I, I it was 6 a.m. when it happened and I was awake, but my wife was still sleeping. And I felt, you know, the, the house shaking a little bit. Not not by much, but it was definitely noticeable. The only size Don't worry thing. about that. That was just the transmitter up in Kalispo exploding from all that reflected <laughs> power. <laughs> the only thing I remember seismic-wise is, I don't know, the test tsunami warning message getting published to NWS again. Because I, I have a thing on Telegram that logs NWS cat messages. Yeah. So, like, every hour it'll uh, send a message to my Telegram or not to my Telegram itself, but to a Telegram channel. And then, of course, a tsunami warning test message put got put up on there again, and I'm like, this again? What? I thought we <laughs> learned from the last time. At least, well, I actually got to check and see if they did actually publish it as test on the NWS website. 
But at least hey, it I'm didn't old. tone out. Hey, I'm old school <laughs> enough that I was still living in Virginia when that 5.9 hit in 2011. I remember that. Oh, yeah. No, here in, here in Montana, we don't get earthquakes of a significant magnitude that often. So we, any, we don't anytime, either in Virginia, but hey. Yeah, I, any, I anytime got, you feel them, it's such a big deal. Yeah, uh, I, I got my uh, drop cover and hold on badge before I even moved out to the ring of fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I remember in uh, 2018, there was a, in, in December, there was an earthquake on, um, I think it was in Tennessee. Yeah, it was, it was close to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. It was a four point something. I don't remember the exact magnitude of it, but uh, it did wake me up. It did shake shake everything here pretty pretty good. Not enough to cause damage, but it, 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 there was a little bit of confusion. Uh, my um, my first thought was uh, that it was a dream, and I didn't I didn't realize what was going on at the time, and so I just you know went outside went outside my room. My dog is looking around confused. And so that's that's when I knew I was like, okay, something happened here. Yeah, yeah, no, that's how that's how it was the the first earthquake I went through. I don't know if anyone, Emma, you might remember this from from a bit ago. It was like three or four years ago. There was like that five point eight or almost six point oh magnitude earthquake in Lincoln. Yes, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I felt that all the way in Great Falls. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I was watching YouTube on my phone, and it felt like my dog was jumping on my bed. No, it was a really big earthquake. <laughs> the only I was earthquake like, I ever remember. Oh, also, go ahead, finish up. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that I was only like 14 or 15 at the time. So I was, you yeah. know, I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, the last earthquake I remember is in, uh, what, 2017? And it was like, I got home from middle school that day. I was just sitting home at my desk and like I was chatting on Discord or something like that. And then all of a sudden I feel my house shake like someone was moving furniture. It was just this. It sounded like it too. And I was like, huh? That's what it sounded like for me as well. And I realized no one was home. And then I'm like, okay, that was an earthquake. And this is back when I was up in Maryland. So we don't get earthquakes very often there. Yeah. The 2011 quake, I don't really remember there being much of a sound other than like stuff shaking. The main thing I remember is feeling it and then seeing like a potted plant that we had on a hook swinging and kind of having enough time to stop, realize what's going on. And then, you know, kind of, it's like that thing where it's like that thing where you have it, it's happened so fast, but at the same time, you could consciously feel your brain go through each step up down the chain. Oh, yeah, exactly. From noticing something to figuring out what it is. Yeah. And we still had enough time that we, that we walked outside while it was, uh, while it was still shaking and saw. And then, like, we, tur- and then, like, we went over and turned the TV on just in time for everyone to start breaking in with special reports. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that was that was honestly one of the cooler experiences of my life when it comes to Mother Nature. Yeah, say I just uh, I just hope I don't have to live through a uh, nine 9.0 Cascadia rerun while I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the things that's going on for me is like other than someone's phone vibrating. Oh, sorry, that's me. (laughs) I'm not sure. Anyways, uh, what was it? 
what was I going to say? I know the earthquake I experienced was like, it lasted for about a second and a half, and then it just stopped. Yeah, I remember the one I was in quite a few years ago. There was a ton of, uh, there was the aftershocks were the big thing. It wasn't even the main quake. Yeah. The 2011 one was pretty long, honestly, at least from what I remember. It must have been like 20 or 30 seconds almost. Yeah, that's not that bad for an earthquake. Yeah, that's... Well, I mean, you, you get what I mean, relatively. Like, more shaking isn't good. It's that's impressive <laughs> for an earthquake. You don't usually see them last that long. I mean, yeah, I... I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't know if that time's accurate at all. It just, it felt like it took a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably, you know, it could be the adrenaline, you know, making things feel slower. Something I mean, like me, that. I'm just like, I'll have to look into it, see if I can find anything about it. I mean, yeah. at least I'm not like going crazy or anything. Yeah. Emma, do you feel earthquakes more often up up there in Canada since you're closer to the Ring of Fire? Or funny thing, I haven't noticed any since I moved up here. But you get the notifications for them, huh? Well, yes, I have the uh, I have the um, NWS Tsunami Alerts Twitter account set to notify for all tweets. Oh so yeah, I so I know about anything going on that could possibly be like a tsunami threat because. My local coverage area, I would be, I would be getting tsunami warnings um, <clears throat> off yeah. air. Um, and, you know, I care about that in general. But, like, um, yeah, I know that earthquakes happen. I know they happen a lot here in British Columbia. It's like the one that just happened uh, 15 minutes ago now. And, yeah. But I've yet to feel anyone that I could identify as an earthquake. What was I going to say? That, that reminds me, like, I need to double check and make sure my filters are okay. Because, uh, I don't know, sometimes my filters are a little bit wrong and I don't realize it until an alert comes in that was supposed to be for, like, an emergency filter and it turns out it was just an outside weather filter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at that, uh, the information about that earthquake now and it doesn't look like it's that, it didn't, it looks like the, 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 Feeling of it went more into the ocean. Hmm. At least from what I'm seeing, I don't really know. I'm not really oh, good with do finding you mean the one that just info. happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ah. I'm on a USGS. Also, if you're looking for earthquake information, literally anywhere in the world, your USGS is your friend. Oh yes, yeah, I can tell that. Yeah, that, 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 on, that on the topic of earthquakes, uh, I was actually. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say hoping for an earthquake, but uh, you know, steadily preparing myself in the event of an aftershock from the 2019 Albanian earthquake. That was a, a 6.4 on the Richter scale, and yeah. aftershocks lasted pretty, pretty, pretty long time up in that area. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I was expecting one, but I was prepared. Yeah, that was actually the uh, the deadliest earthquake of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, no, you earth, know, we, 
I meant that as a quick aside, but we've spent 15 minutes talking about earthquakes now, or 10 minutes now, instead of... Hey, it's not a bad thing. I mean, considering... I do have one thing to add on. I have Mm -hmm. NPT in my EAN filter. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) To be fair... I treat it as the same thing. To be fair, I have... I do the same thing on mine for the same reason. Yeah, like, it's a nationwide test. It should test to see if the equipment can override any single alert that's currently going through. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that... That even means that I could probably send a practice demo warning and see if that will override the practice demo warning I'm sending. Yeah, it would be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. that might be something to do is like have it so that way I have a timed relay on something. Like I'll send a test alert into my index and then see if it'll uh, go through and override that as the alert's being sent. Yeah. And I'll send it on, like, the second highest priority filter, which I think is local emergencies. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, local civil emergencies. That's... Yeah, going off of uh, going off of Earthquake, getting back on track, Emma, uh, talking about uh, Crossroads. <laughs> yes, yeah, so... Um, so, Crossroads is... Um, it's my original station. I It's actually one it's actually probably the oldest station in ERN in terms of how long it's been around in any form. Yeah. Uh, I have run crossroads since late 2014. <laughs> is that with EAS as well? Or is that it has had EAS since the summer of 2017. Oh, nice. So right before ERN conception right before ERN's predecessors came around. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, cause before that, that was Quest weather network, wasn't it? Yeah, there was Guest WNR, and then, I mean, like, NERP and such came around, too. And then, bef- uh, but yeah, in terms of the Guest line, it was it was Maggard, wasn't it? Uh, I can't remember even remember. how much of involvement Vincent had in um, WNR. That was more of a Kyle thing. Yeah. Rip, rip, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, ERN is a much um, saner concept in general. Yeah, exactly. And how that was structured. Um, but yeah, um, Crossroads has been around for eight years now, um, running the same format the entire time. Um, I originally created it to run uh, to run jazz, and not just any jazz, but like smooth contemporary jazz, like think Weather Channel music. More modern. Uh, there stuff. is more. There is more depth to it than, than that. There's also a bit of new age. There's a tiny little splash of eighties electronic, and right now because American Thanksgiving has come and gone, I've cycled in two holiday tracks an hour, just to spice it up. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you're listening to my station, uh, you're not getting, you're not getting any Christmas music. I don't. I don't know. I feel like my processing just isn't built for that style of music, so I just don't want to try risking it. I don't put Christmas music either. Don't worry about to it. To be fair, I am running jazzy Christmas music. You know, it's not like we're going from, it's not like we're going from the seventies fusion to bloody Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, uh, I might throw in a song or two on Christmas Day, but just just for time being, and you know, processing wise, I'm 
probably not going to do it just because, because like, you know, as well as I do, Emma, that Christmas music is like, it's a whole different audio style. I would say yes, but no, I think it I guess if you're thinking more track. traditional, if you're thinking more, I'm thinking more like traditional Christmas. Ah, you're thinking like breaking out what Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby and such. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't really do that on either of my stations. Um, yeah. Obviously the crosswords playlist, it actually mostly, most of the holiday music is new age. Um, yeah. Wyndham, the Wyndham Hill record label has like seven or eight different CDs of nothing but holiday tracks. And I pretty much just dumped them all. In. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Let, let your station choose what to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. That's what I do. Exactly. I let my station choose what to play unless I'm doing tuning on my station. Then I'll play a couple tracks on my own. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I do. Everything is automated on my side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have both my stations are automated entirely. A hundred percent. You're not even in Georgia anymore. You're in Canada. <laughs> Well, that's the thing about it, though, actually, because um, because all the equipment other than um, with some exceptions, which we'll get into when we go over the mix. But mm-hmm. most of the equipment is actually right sitting right behind me. Yeah. Like, and what do you what other- do you use to run uh, Crossroads? Uh, in terms of in terms of programming or in terms of EAS? Uh, not even just EAS, like what kind of programs you just use in general, like to make the magic happen <laughs> so first and foremost i run rivendell radio automation on both my stations which is it has a learning curve but once you've got it set up like it is there are actual commercial and non-commercial stations that use this software it is really remarkably powerful i i actually probably only use like a quarter of its feature set um yeah which I don't mind actually, because it just gives me more flexibility. Um, yeah, exactly. That's really the main thing. Right now, Crossroads doesn't actually have any audio processing at the moment. Um, depending on what kind of magic you can work cam, that might change. I could we'll do see. something. Yeah. Um, that's really it. Other than um, other than using raw FFmpeg commands to do the actual streaming. And then I have my own personal IceCast server, as well as streaming to ERNs. Are you are you are you actually streaming to ERN, or is it just a, is it just a relay? I believe they've got it set up as a relay right now. Okay, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. IceCast yeah, is I, fun. Yeah, it really is. Um, it really is. I run the uh, KH branch on my own um, on my own server. And the main perk of that is it can use um, it's it's kind of janky for lack of a better word how they coded it, but the KH yeah. branch that the this person forked off, its main attraction for me is you can have it run both plain HTTP and HTTPS on the same port. Oh, nice! I think my uh, I read through the code. My high level under overall understanding is that it basically looks and if the browser tries to send SSL headers to it, it'll talk it to it in SSL. And if it doesn't, it'll just, just depends on the it. headers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, it's, that's actually it's pretty weird. cool. It, it's, it's probably, it's probably a stupid way of doing it, but Hey, I it didn't consolidates your traffic. 
and it consolidates my traffic. Yeah, especially because <laughs> you don't have to have as many ports open. Well, I run my IceCast server on a VPS, so that's not an issue. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I try not to uh, I try not to home host stuff that's public directly public facing where I can avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. One. And then, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say one of the things I wish I could do with like IceCast or some other service is, you know, like send alerts directly to it so that way it could like if there's a special app that could do it, notify a user of an incoming alert over like the EAS or whatever. I mean, that should be pretty possible. If you've got a, uh, if you're running a hardware encoder, you could probably, you could probably achieve that through GPIO magic, like have the, uh, especially like on a Sage, because you can have it close a relay when it receives an alert that it wants to forward. Yeah. Just um, write write like a Python script that would watch that GPI, and if that relay closes, assume that that means that there's an alert about to go over, and yeah. um, do mm-hmm. whatever you want it to do from there. Yeah, like read. Are you trying the- to do that through metadata or like an in the audio itself? Like in metadata or an audio stream or whatever, like have it update the song name so that way it shows like the alert going over. Yeah, metadata would be pretty easy to do. Yeah, um, like it would would be pretty easy to do with Python and GPIO. Yeah, and actually, who knows? Maybe update the ERN logger to allow to write to like a data header file or like no, the song name file. That is a bit above my pay grade. You'd have to talk to Anna about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Our re- resident coding expert. Yes. Yeah, I'd have to talk to Anna about that, but. Like, have it so that way it can update the song name to show, like, EAS Blizzard Warning or something like that. Something to that effect. Yeah. Um, let's see. I suppose you probably want me to go into my EAS setup next, Cam. Heck yeah. What do you run? Okay, this is where it gets interesting. I am, the, as far as I know, the only ERN participant with an EBS encoder in their audio chain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> an actual legitimate one. It's a TFT model 887 from the late 80s. Nice. It is fully functional. I have used it on air before and it is in the programming chain. So if I were to act if I were to reach back behind me and flick the switches, there would be an attention signal on air. Nice. It um it's an FM model, so actually I have it rigged up. It not only does it act as an encoder in its own right, um, or I guess an NDEC because it also decodes attention signals, of course. Um, yeah. It also it actually has an output on the back that's just the raw radio receiver audio. So I also use oh, nice. it as a monitor for my Sage. Nice. Which speaking of, yes, Crossroads has an eighteen twenty two. Um had it for over five years now it it runs a pretty old firmware version actually 5.88 um to be specific but it works fine i trying to think of what what do most 1822s that you find nowadays don't those run a version of six yeah mine's running 6.1 a i got it from was it one of the local low power stations actually it was wcsp nice oh yes i've heard of them yeah, I got my 1822. It was on eBay, but 
the station it came from was WCSP. So Oh nice. Yeah. And it the call sign was still set as WCSP when I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so like I saw nice. their local area. It was basically any typical DC local area. So like, yeah, unfortunately yeah. unfortunately for me, when I got my DAS deck, I couldn't tell what station it came from because it had never been set up. Um, my, my sage specifically came from K-R-E-H-A-M in Houston, Texas. Oh, nice. Which, uh, ironically, that, that station is not originally from Houston. It moved in from Louisiana. My girlfriend, Samantha, when I told her about my sage, proceeded to pull, put on her researcher hat and rewrite and pretty much massively expand KREH's Wikipedia article. So if you want to read about the history of that station, there's a good article waiting for you there. Nice. <laughs> so you run and you run, you said you, uh, 1822 on crossroads with, with that EBS mm-hmm. encoder decoder. What do you have anything else related to EAS on there? Like what, what do you relay on crossroads? Well, I suppose I should mention, answer the first question when I still lived in Georgia, um, my TFT EAS 911, which you, if you look at the video feed we've got here, you can actually see it behind me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was pretty much using that as auxiliary monitors for the 1822. Oh, so just um, extra. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was able to run a total of nine monitors when I was in Georgia. I don't need that many monitors here, so it pretty much just sits around and sucks up power, but I don't You kind of don't milk, need any so. monitors in Canada. Well, I mean, I have a few. Like, I live, I live about two miles north of the border, so I can readily receive several stations from south of the border. But I don't need any Canadian monitors, of course. Are, Not that are that those me, though. station? Are, are you able to pick up no weather radio from up there from from the states or? Yes and no. Yes, because um, there is an NWR transmitter about 15 miles from me, KD93. No, because the dorm building that I'm in has such high RFI that it completely blots out the signal. Um, oh, okay. I know it's res- like if I step outside and pull out, say, a uh, uh, HH54, I'll get KD93. I'll if I go up to the fourth floor and put my scanner up there. Not only do I get KD93, I even get WWG24 from Port Townsend, which is a pretty good distance from here. Um, But, you know, unless I come up with a way to actually get something like that set up permanently, I can't monitor KD93 over the air. Yeah. Um, What I do monitor, though, is I monitor the local Weather Radio Canada transmitter out in Chilliwack. Because the seven eight five, because those transmit a cert like a, it's still same, isn't it? It's yes, it is same. That's what I was and thinking. They, yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, obviously the voices and such are different, and I'll be the first to say I actually I like the new system, but I just but I would rather have the Starcaster voice back. It's kind of the same deal as uh, NWR. I like BMH better, but I wish we could get Tom and Donna and Paul back. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I mean, um, the new system on Weather Radio Canada, it seems like it doesn't give as much information as I thought it would. 
there's not really much of a change in the information. The main thing is that now when it's re reading warnings after the initial tone out, it will read detailed information now. Otherwise, like a normal cycle, it's about the same information, which is still a decent amount. Like it'll, it does an hourly weather roundup. It does forecast products. It even does travelers weather here, which is something that you don't usually hear on NWR. Um, I actually hear that. I actually hear travel cities on KHB 36 and all the Sterling stations. Well, by that, I mean, like, it depends on the office. In this case, it's like it will read the forecast for, say, Highway 5 from uh, Hope to Merritt. Yeah. Which, if you've ever driven, uh, Mother Nature likes to dump snow there. There's a reason they have snow sheds on the Coquihalla Highway. Yeah, what was yeah. I going to say? My, my station will actually read, like, Baltimore, New York, I think. There's a couple of other areas. I think there's like, was it Philadelphia? A couple of other areas. So like, it'll read out forecasts and observations for those cities. I could, I could put it on right now. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was in, uh, back when I was in great falls, uh, WXJ 43 actually read uh forecast and observations for stuff like Calgary and Lethbridge and stuff like that closer to there. The the Canadian stations do not read any observations from south of the border, but um, NWS Seattle stations like KD ninety three will read um, will read marine forecasts from Environment Canada for certain certain adjacent coastal waters. Oh, which is oh, that makes sense. Little, which is a little bit of a trip. That's interesting. <laughs> um, I guess that would be your main port right there is Port of Seattle though. Well, the port of Vancouver is also huge, and then you know you've got the you've got all the waterways here that where the border runs through, like the Strait yeah. of Georgia and such. Um, and I mean, you've also got smaller ports like Victoria and Bellingham come to mind right off the top of my head. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of uh, in terms of same to go back more towards EAS, in terms of same, it's pretty familiar. Um, you'll get a weekly every week, every Wednesday at, at noon on the dot consistently. It is, they are always on time. Um, that's probably automated then. Almost certainly. They also, they stopped doing 1050 separate 1050 Hertz tests when they switched to the new system. Um, but they still do a monthly test on top of the weekly on the first Wednesday, right after the weekly. Oh, nice. Okay. That under the old system, it was actually kind of interesting because like at 1150, you would get a 1050 Hertz test at noon. You would get a weekly and at 1210, you'd get a monthly. Nowadays, you just get weekly at noon, monthly at like 1201. Just there. Mm -hmm. It's a double header. Um, yeah. Cause I think in the States for national weather service, I, at least this is in the great falls region is they had, they live voiced all their alerts. So I have a feeling that stuff like that in the States isn't automated. No, the, no. Generally speaking, weeklies are manually initiated by each WFO. Um, and then if you're Great Falls, you might get them at 1230 or 1.30, depending on whenever the, the active <laughs> forecaster decides, hey, I'm going to go push the buttons and talk. <laughs> when I was when I lived in uh, when I lived in NWS Wakefield's coverage area, one week they got confused by uh, the time change and sent a weekly a live voice weekly at ten thirty because they thought it was eleven thirty. 
Oh, daylight savings time or. Mm-hmm. And then they sent the regular weekly at eleven thirty anyway. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> what was I gonna say? Yeah, that was uh that was interesting. Yeah. The only um, technically automated weeklies we get here, or actually not weeklies, or automated tests we get here for NWR, that's it's only the Virginia Tornado drill. Like they send that as RMT and Sterling cancels their RWT for the week typically. I'm old sense. school enough. I remember when the Virginia Tornado Drill was coded as a tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember West that. Virginia still does that. So, like, every so often I'll see my sage light up with the emergency weather filter in here. This is a test message. <laughs> yeah, we don't we I, don't do anything like that in Montana. There's The only tests you get are weeklies. That's it. <laughs> Georgia would do... I, I was just going to add on when I lived in Georgia, they would do a, they would do tests for both spring severe weather awareness week and fall severe weather awareness week, but they were just, they do. It was just a special weekly at 9am with a different message. Yeah. I think Frank can confirm this. I think Frank is, uh, I think Frank is slightly preoccupied at the moment. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Good job, Frank. We were uh, we were looking to you to confirm that uh, Peachtree City still just does a special weekly with a different message for severe weather awareness. Yes, they do, but they don't send weeklies anymore. According to according to this week, as uh, the ten day century mark will be. Uh, Will be apparent tomorrow because it's it's it'll, it'll be it'll be ten days since they last tested. They didn't test this week. Good for job, some reason. City. This for is why we reason. don't like you. Yeah, that and, and your you, inability to comprehend that rotation on a radar means you should issue a tornado warning. Here's the thing: it's always when there's a school break for my county, like my district's break, like if it's a winter break, spring break, or Thanksgiving break, like it was this week. They do something weird. Like in December of 2020, they tested 15 minutes early. In spring of sometime, I don't know, they did something weird. And today, or this week, they didn't test at all. The the person that issued test must be a student and was staying home for the week. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. Ever since KH went wireless, I've been wanting to get an alert. So uh, this week's weekly test was the first time I've actually heard them send an alert with the new wireless system. Nice. Let's see. We are completely off topic. Severe Um, weather stuff is is different for both the winter. I say winter. It's they call it a spring, even though it's in February. Yeah, Yeah. I I never understood why they did it so early in Georgia. then again, we've had massive tornado outbreaks in January, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah, and what's funny, um, uh, in 2020, we had our we had the drill in um, uh, on Wednesday, February 5th, and mm-hmm. literally the next day, my school was put under a tornado warning. Yes, I remember that. I I remember that. <laughs> that was well, at um, least, made, at least they made sure that it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we ha- we literally we literally took uh, 
shelter into the basement the day of the drill. And then literally not even 24 hours later, we're in the basement again for an actual tornado warning. Well, at least you're able to test your, your ways of doing things. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, everyone was like flocking to me for information because I had the radar. I had the weather radios. I had everything. And so everyone was just coming up to me. Yeah, you're just that's how it is for me since I'm known as the, the weather nerd. Pretty much. I'm the guy. I think it's just trippy that I went home for holiday last year. I went back to Georgia to see my mom and... December 31st, I end up under a tornado warning. Oh, yeah, that was last year. Yeah, nothing like uh, nothing like getting an encore from the local tornado sirens that I didn't think I would get the chance to film again. Three, two, one, tornado warning. <laughs> Do you want me to it send It almost felt no, like that. <laughs> yeah, um, I do remember that. That was, uh, that was very uh, surprising to see those little supercells just come about and then the spc says uh watch not likely <laughs> watch not likely yeah. you may die though watch there was not like likely three, you may die there was like four tornado warnings issued that day and there was no watch yeah, yeah that was, there uh, were they were pop-up supercells so chance of death 30 percent <laughs> now that being said at least peachtree city warned them because like they have failed to warn EF ones before, yeah, yeah, they've they, they have a tendency to have pretty undetected tornadoes go through their area. Sterling, and has it's a, not like it's a it's not like Bartow County is a radar dead zone either. No, I know Sterling has a trigger <laughs> finger for tornado warnings. I know, like most of the time, especially if there's a special marine warning on the coast and it has like an observed water spout or a water spout possible tag. As soon as that storm moves on shore, sometimes they'll issue a tornado warning. NWS yeah. Birmingham is uh, I always found to be pretty aggressive on the trigger finger with tours because I was able to get one of their transmitters where I lived. Yeah, I remember uh, trigger finger whenever the year I joined the EAS community. I think you remember this, Emma. When mm. I joined the EAS community, I think it was like who? I can't even remember. Was it? It was twenty eighteen. Valentine's Day, Great Falls had that trigger finger for uh, civil emergency messages. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember that 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 winter? Oh, I there were so many CEMs just for no reason. Granted, you know National Weather Service didn't send them; they were relays from you know Department of Transportation and stuff. But like there were yeah, so you know many what? of them. I was actually just uh, looking through the uh, IAM archives of CEMs issued by both GSP and FFC. And I found out that GSP basically pulled an FFC in 2014 and uh, sent like five CEMs for all of Georgia or all of South Carolina, which is, uh, which basically understandable. Have a nice day. Yeah. They they well, did they did one like every every day or something like that. Meanwhile, FFC was doing it every few hours, so they were sending out six hour CMs like every like four hours or something like that. Well, to be fair, it is GSP we're talking about. This is the office that goes to the trouble of having their calls to action include do not do not use corded electrical appliances and do not take a bath or shower in their SVRs. Yeah, I don't know They're, why they do that, but it's pretty. It's, if I your say house it's is well grounded, you don't have to really worry about it. 
it's hilarious to me how long how long and needlessly pedantic their calls to action are because it almost invariably results in their warnings getting two minute limited by BMH. Yeah, I mean, but I. You should yeah. hear some of Sterling's uh, special marine warnings. I think the s- smallest special marine warning ever recorded was about forty five seconds. Wow, that sounds about right for a typical NWS Wakefield SMW. Yeah, like they forgot to call to action too. Like they didn't even include that. I know, I know. Ruskin likes to forget it sometimes, or not even forget it. They just don't include it because special marine warnings are just typically not something people care about. Why do the marine zone names have to be so long too? But anyways, that's another thing. I was literally looking at Sterling's uh, special marine warning because I got interested because a particular someone that I used to be friends with uh, lived in Sterling uh, area in Fred in um, Fairfax County, Virginia. Oh dear Uh, God, I live in that county. Yeah. So, so, well, I got bad news for you. You're no longer Frank's friend. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, w- I was listening to the special marine once. I'm like, what is this? What am I hearing right now? Because for the past year, year and a half, all I've been used to is basically just Florida special marine warnings. And you cannot change my mind on this. Anything other than like Gulf and Atlantic like actual Atlantic coast, not like any sort of like Bay areas or whatnot. Those are, those are actual proper special Marine warnings. I'm not, I'm not even going to include the great lakes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know that, uh, but you know that the ultimate Marine warning is one that includes Chesapeake Bay from Little Creek, Virginia to Cape Henry, Virginia, including the Chesapeake Bay bridge tunnel. (laughs) That, that was always quite the mouthful to hear Tom read. That's yeah. funny because my my easy and also my sage they both have marine zones coded into them. My easy always likes to refer to any of the Chesapeake Bay marine zones or anything as I I need to double check this, but it was like something something from Kurtuck Beach Light, North Carolina to something one or another. Yeah, speaking speaking of sages and marine zones, sages and marine zones don't like to coexist. No, they don't. That I think that's why Daz just put them in as three word zones instead of that. Yeah. Like, if you've ever you. seen if you've ever seen a special marine warning on a Daz, especially the one like if in like uh, in California we were talking about a while back, it'll just say like North Pacific Ocean. <laughs> like that's it. North Pacific. <laughs> yeah, Ocean. I just see like Sterling's marine warnings when I saw them relaying on was it Ari Station? Back when she stopped the station, uh, it was just Northwest North Atlantic Ocean, like repeated five times. Yeah, exactly. Because Daz just doesn't care enough to put. Well, that's not a bad thing though. Like I think it's ridiculous to have to, especially if you're like in TV or something, or like yeah, yeah. You know, a, TV, a cable system, and you have to have like a scroll that has five thousand words because your goddamn marine zones are that long. Well, here's the thing. If David can make a uh, uh, 
a file for his logger that includes every single FIPS code and subdivision of those FIPS codes, I'm pretty sure Daz and Sage can do the same thing. What was I going to say? Yeah. Um, I think it's just more for the, uh, like, especially like TV, because Daz is, like, Emma can tell me, like, Emma can agree with this, is that Daz is more prevalent in TV than radio. Right. Yes. And when, especially when you're, when you're having to scroll video, it's like me working in a TV station, they tell you, like, if you can, don't run like EAS stuff over like advertisement if possible. Cause you know, obviously I shouldn't have to explain that one, like why the company would want that. But like, if you're going to have to keep scrolling for longer, you, you might have a scroll that might last three or four minutes, depending on how many times you have to loop it. Was I right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's basically crazy. how I have my Cody set up on my Sage. It'll repeat on the slowest settings, five times, because that's pretty much equivalent to two minutes, roughly. So it'll go through your alert time, basically. Unless unless the week unless some weekly is like thirty-two counties long. Uh so basically so, Michael's local area. Um yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll take forever if it does that. My auto weeklies and most of my local alerts, I haven't confined to just the immediate DC area. Like, I monitor for more counties. I just have sending limited to immediate counties. Yeah. So, speaking of that, because we got completely sidetracked again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you have anything else you want to talk about Crossroads, or do we want to go on to the mix? Well, I should mention, uh, I should mention like, relay criteria for Crossroads, because it's oh, actually yeah, go fairly it. limited. Um, because Crossroads, like, I want... Like, obviously, I want EAS on there. If I didn't, I wouldn't have a Sage and an EBS box in the chain. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I'm very li- I'm very limited in what I relay. When I was in Georgia, it was pretty much a sync, but that was also because in Georgia, Crossroads was not part of ERN, so mm-hmm. I just monitored entirely local and relayed entirely local based off of that. Yeah. Um, up here, up here mainly like I don't relay very much local because there's not very much local to relay, but I'll relay anything weather for like Washington, Oregon, Idaho. Um, I'm hoping to relay for British Columbia in the future because I do monitor WRC and we've, I've actually had an SVR up here. If you can believe that. Um, yeah. And that was, was that over weather radio Canada? Yep. It did tone. Um, the main issue I have with relaying Weather Radio Canada is because there's so many unknown FIPS codes, the Sage will lock up for a good six or seven seconds. While it tries to and, figure out what the hell it is. Yes, and it does not record audio during that time. So what I'm hoping is that either A, we can at some point manage to figure out how to get it to properly handle Canadian FIPS, or B, that I, or B I'll get a DAZ or something and monitor via V785 with that. I was going to say, a, get, a, get a 3644, because I believe those are built for Canadian markets as well. I don't know if the U.S. firmware will have support for... I, I don't know that U.S. firmware will have support for that. And also, like, CLCs, um, our version of FIPS, are not used in Alert Ready. So, oh, okay. At least not in the same way. So I don't know that they would have actually programmed that into the blue box. Were it's you- definitely in the DAS, though, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if the DAS would handle it a lot better. Yeah. What was I going to say? Um, Have you considered programming but, 
the area codes into your sage, like having them as custom areas. I tried that, and I don't know that it really made that much of a difference. But then again, I was programming in a lot of codes um, when I played with that. So maybe if I just program in the codes that VFE785 actually tones for, it would work. I'm yeah, because sure. I was going to say it's probably because it has to look through the default table first and then go to the custom table. The if it's getting locked up be, on the main table, that it wouldn't change anything if it has to go through that before going to the custom. The main thing would be that there's not really a way for me to add filters based off of custom locations that I know of. Yeah. Huh. And that's so interesting. That kind I, of defeats the point. I might actually scroll through my stage real quick and see if I can add a filter for a custom location I added. I got to see if I have my custom locations incoming. <laughs> Um, While while you do that, like to one thing I can carry from VFE seven eight five, and I do is I carry um, is I carry the monthly test because that has ten fifty hertz in it, so there's enough time that it'll catch up and start recording before the voice message kicks in. Yeah, so that I carry. Um, Otherwise, like anything for Washington, Oregon, Idaho that I get through ERN or locally, I'll carry it except for weeklies. Yeah. And demos. Those can go away. I don't care about those, but yeah. Other than that, like, I don't know that there's very much else to it. I could get into Minucci, but that would only really be relevant if, um, that would only really be relevant for a tutorial. And also, Frank appears to be losing his mind over there, so I think I need to yield the floor for a minute here for him. <laughs> I don't know. I, he said in the Discord chat that he's just trying to get me to laugh. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make you laugh on stream or on recording. <laughs> Little do the listeners ah. know that I edit out every crap piece of audio. <laughs> that's that's quite a while to I'm go through. through the areas on my. Uh on my stage just to see if any of my custom locations will pop up. I have a feeling the answer is no. If the answer is yes, then that's another reason for me to actually get new firmware at some point. Uh, Let's see. So far, nothing yet, but I'm going to double check. I would like to interrupt this, uh, podcast by saying that cult is off the air Uh oh shocking very mm. shocking and my monitor is having a seizure and i'll probably get an email from better uptime saying my dasdeck monitor is down at some point <laughs> i can get the St. Lawrence river so here here's that screenshot in the discord chat it's uh, absolutely going wild while, right. or, uh, while Aura scrolls through Sage and Frank loses his mind, I guess we can talk about the mix. Yeah. Because that's where the mix is in up. Georgia. It relays stuff. Done. Thank you for that enlightening <laughs> contribution, Frank. How how do we survive without you? I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, just doing my job. Because the mix is what runs the the easy. Yes, the mix is um, the mix is my secondary station. Although that was the one that I had in ERN first, so actually, like ERN ECH is technically your mix. primary. 
for ERN purposes, it's my primary. For my purposes, it's my secondary. Um, yeah, the mix is um, the mix is what happens when you take a typical AC station, combine it with a typical classic hit station, combine that with a typical variety hit station, add a splash of Canadian content, and do all of that while you're stoned. When you say Canadian content, does that include Drake by any chance? No. That's not and a funnily Canadian. enough, as I was driving back from uh, getting dinner, the um, they were talking about Drake on on the station I was listening to, the Drake what a, curse. What about Frank? Your Drake? station is the one that runs ninety five percent Drake. Not ninety five percent. Well, let me guess, 90, like ninety percent. Yeah. <laughs> what was I going to say? Close to twenty percent. I know I was scrolling that's through a, my That's stage. a large chunk of your station. Listen, <laughs> most of it is just the new album. So. See, the only artist I do that with. I know I was scrolling we'll through my station. It just gave up displaying marine zones. It just, St. Lawrence River from dot, dot, dot. That's it. We'll get into what WGUB plays later. Okay, let me, uh, okay. Oh, presets. Let's see, outgoing. I'll, I'll edit my demo filter. Or just add a new one. A, broadcast cable. Let's see. Practice demo warning. If I can find it, there we go. Done. No audio. Adding locations new. Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, Lake St. Clair. There we go, Lake Superior. All Lake Superior. Thank you, Frank, for that. Ch- I'm making that my profile pick on LinkedIn now. What is Chiquamagon Bay F- Bayfield 2? Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, so getting back see. on track, let's get back to the mix. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to yeah, send something so... stupid real quick, and that's the demo I configured. But yeah, Emma, so it runs the trilithic. You have a wide variety of things into it. What else does your does the mix do? Um, so the mix, like, like I mentioned, it is a much more pop and rock-leaning playlist. It's basically... Um, Mixing it's, my um, station in cult. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mi- mixing my station in cult. No, no, cult is way too metal. Cult yeah, is- cult is uh, cult is way more hardcore than what I play. Yeah, like, the hardest I play on the hardest I play on my station is like I have one track from. Um, I think I have like one track that kind of drifts into hard rock territory, but most of it like. I don't know if you can handle if you if you can handle like Queen, then that's yeah. like that's the more typical level of hardness. If it's the hard side of the playlist, yeah, um, so it's not hard at all. No, and I like it that way. 
Um, <laughs> I'll shamelessly admit that core artists include like Kelly Clarkson, Taylor Swift, uh, U2. Um, Did you put Billy the new Joel. Taylor Swift album on the mix? Yes, there are several tracks from uh, there are several tracks from Midnight's on there. I, I only put a couple on there. The main one being Antihero, of course. I have Antihero and Bejeweled on there. Nice. My my wife really is enjoying that new album. I really like that album. At the same time, I kind of wish she'd kept going with the folksy trend she had going in uh, Folklore and Evermore. Those yeah. two albums are like the bomb. <laughs> I have a ton from those on my playlist. This episode of the Quest ERN podcast is not sponsored by Taylor Swift. Thank God. Or by Ticketmaster. Yeah. <laughs> also, thank oh, God. Like, it couldn't be... It couldn't be it couldn't be Ticketmaster because Ticketmaster crashed. Wow. This is true. <laughs> I think they're too busy dealing with uh, I think they're too busy dealing with the hordes of angry fans Ticketmastering their their headquarters. Yeah, exactly. But yes. Um. So you got that kind of music in there. What? Well, yes. What? What's your local area considered? Is it just the county surrounding where your station is located, or? So the Mix's local area is, um, it's a reduced version of the local area that I ran when Crossroads was in Georgia. And it's all idea, North Georgia. It is more or less all of North Georgia. Like it includes Atlanta, it includes Athens. Um, I think I, no, I'm not monitoring anything that covers Rome right now on there. But yeah, mainly like Athens, Atlanta, Gainesville, that general vicinity. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I when I lived in Georgia, Crossroads had a coverage area that stretched from Birmingham, Alabama, all the way down, uh, all the way over to the South Carolina line. Oh wow! Um, yeah, like I could monitor. I had more stations that I could monitor when I was living in Georgia and had all my equipment there than I had monitor slots on any of my encoders. Wow, <laughs> that's where Azamora could come in. Yeah, perks of uh, perks of living on a mountain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of my equipment isn't there anymore, but my easy has, I have all four radios in my easy. Um, so, and nice. also I have, good thing I have, I all also four have the equipment. Too. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a, uh, I do have the fifth and sixth slots used as well. Slot number six is, uh, the ERN monitor number yeah. five. I don't know that the radio that's on there is on right now, but that would just be like another FM generally. Yeah, monitor five. I don't know why I have it as monitor five instead of monitor six, but monitor five is dedicated to my sage. Nice. Um, let's see. I believe. Let's see. Yeah, what's, I'm what's monitoring. The... Sorry, I'm go sorry. ahead. I was just gonna add on. I I monitor. Um, I monitor three FMs and an NWR using the internal radios, like um. I think oh, nice. the three FMs that I'm monitoring are WDUN, WAKL, and WCON, and then I direct monitor KEC80 because no Atlanta station relays jack crap from KEC80, yeah. <laughs> other than maybe <laughs> tours. Yeah, the only <laughs> and the even really... then usually they'll take MNET. Yeah, the o- the only station in Atlanta that relays SVR is the WABE. Yeah. It's NPR, so what do you expect? What was I going to say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, good, uh, goodness, I don't even know that WRAS relays much in the way of weather, and they're NPR. Yeah. 
I mean, which is weird because you know GPB what? is usually a very good, consistent weather relay or otherwise. You know what we need? A K Love in downtown Atlanta. I don't know why they have 1067 monitoring Athens. I don't know either, actually. It's really weird. I know, Emma, I know you have your easy setup pretty much the exact same as I have mine set up. Because I have mine set up to monitor KHB 36 on radio number one. Then, of course, WTOP, WETA, and then was it WIYY, which is all the way up in Baltimore. See, yours, you've got it set up so that your NWRSM monitor one. I'm I'm flipped. I have the three FMs, and then monitor four is KEC80. Yeah, NWR will always be monitor one for any of my setups. Like my Sage is on mon- my Sage's NWR monitor is on one. My Easy and my Easy actually doesn't have that high pitched radio thing for the first cluster of radios. So the first two radios, you don't hear that high pitched tone that you normally associate with easies my mom has heard that tone before she hates it she says it sounds just like her tinnitus which i guess should tell you uh don't go attending rock concerts in the 70s at 120 decibels with no hearing protection or you'll be like my mom and your entire life will be nothing but easy radio yeah i mean my Second cluster radios, radios three and four, have that sort of weird, was it, have that weird audio issue, but it, was it, I should probably flip WETA and WTOP around because WETA relays more stuff than WTOP because WTOP only relays MPT and EAN. They're not the uh, they're not the top relayer in DC. Yeah. you might say. Delhi ETA <laughs> isn't even the top relayer. Like K Love, surprisingly enough, relays more than Delhi ETA. Yeah, I mean it's K Love. They tend to be pretty good relayers. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where was I? Get- oh yes, I should mention, and I know you'll appreciate this cam. I do use Stereo Tool on the mix. I do remember I- that. Yeah. Yes, I have a. Uh, it's a. It's a pretty moderate um, preset. I I based it off of one of the d- defaults that comes with Stereo Tool. I don't remember which one, but I pretty I pretty heavily modified it. Um, I think it sounds pretty good. Like the intent of it is to be not necessarily to be specifically designed for one specific format, but to kind of be a jack of all trades that works well enough for everything that the mix plays. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of how mine is. That's kind of how I built mine around. You got to be able to adapt. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask earlier though, what's the, do you use Rivendell on the, on the mix as well? Or do you use something else? Yes. Rivendell runs both stations. Okay. Um, and I actually have a fairly convoluted setup too, because it's the same Rivendell instance here in Abbotsford that's running both stations. I have the Rivendell set. I have the feed for the mix going from there into a FLAC STL that gets monitored in Georgia. Nice. And then on a Raspberry Pi, the Pi is also responsible for doing logging for the Easy. Um, Got one so beefy Pi, pie there. Take- <laughs> I'm sorry. Got one beefy pie there. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I actually need to uh, do something about that because the SD card's full. <laughs> um, but yeah, it will. Uh, it, it the Pi put monitors the STL, 
outputs that through to the easy and then streams the easy's output from there to icecast nice and also handles like metadata and such and um it i need to i need to work on the rel- on the reliability of some of the setup because i've had issues with the stl failing due to internet blips and not coming back automatically like it should but when it works it actually works perfectly like nice i've been pretty surprised and because I'm an intelligent person, I do the processing here in Abbotsford on the STL, so the easy does not go through processing. Oh. Because I am an intelligent <laughs> and clever duckling, unlike Q997 in Atlanta. Or me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just drove Frank insane with that comment going by the video feed. Yeah. <laughs> that was only mildly um, kinky. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the... As for relay criteria, the mix rule relay everything, including weeklies, because I don't have another way right now to to log them. You know, oh, okay. way that ERN would pick up. That's understandable. I would, I would rather it not monitor it, not relay weeklies, but c'est la vie. I also yeah. have it set up so it will do an auto timed weekly of its own somewhere between nine a.m. and three p.m. local on Tuesday, somewhere between Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. So it works out well enough. And that station is also completely automated, although I am thinking about doing some voice tracked segments from time to time on there just to give myself some uh, practice outside of my day job at another radio station. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I, we, could, we could talk about that setup briefly if you wanted, Cam. I know it's not an ERN station, but... Well, we could talk about it in another episode. I would be, I would be completely fine with that. Okay, we'll have to put that. We'll have to put that down at, on the uh, list. I could do an episode from the studio there, and and uh, we could focus on a uh, walkthrough. That'd of be what fun. An actual of what an actual FM station looks like on the inside. We could probably do that with the uh, the Asmara episode that we have planned. Either that, or uh, either that, or when I uh, actually get the funding and get the certain item that I wish to install there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed your stations. I've listened to them from time to time. Uh, I definitely will help you with your stereo tool on Crossroads. Cool. Because I, I'm, sound I'm, processing God, as Marley would say. Yeah, it sounds like it. Like that, the chill, the fact that you were able to get Anna's chill hop to sound that good is legitimately impressive. Yeah. Like it's such a light touch, but I can tell. Yeah, I mean, we're, I'm I'm not an audiophile per se, but I like music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not one of those snobbish audiophiles where like the only thing I'll accept is 24 bit, 192 kilohertz rip of a vinyl record, and maybe that will be acceptable to me. But like, I do care about having things sound good. Yeah. Also, also, I'm going to use the podcast as an opportunity to say. CKSR, Star 83, stop overmodding your transmitter for the love of all that is holy. <laughs> I can do better processing than you can. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho. But yeah, I think that's really about all that is. I think that's really about all there is for my stations. Yeah, no, I know. I enjoyed hearing about it, honestly. And then we got we got one more to talk about. 
<laughs> as yes, Frank and... has been patiently waiting. Frank has got some updates to WGUP. He's been waiting, but I don't know that he's been waiting patiently because it seems to me like he's kind of gone through five stages of grief while I've been talking. And trying to send everyone's favorite. Yeah. Everyone knows we need a, a good volcano watch. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you, want to, you want me to send one into ERN right now? I'll do no. it. I no. would prefer not. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I already sent the oddball DMO. I don't think we need another catastrophe. You see, I uh, relayed accidentally a uh, National Weather Service uh, DMO yesterday with the audio of Lowrider. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that was a little bit of an oopsie. But, yes, WGP has finished its upgrades. Would anyone like to guess what those upgrades are? It's I blue. know what the upgrades are. I'm not going to... Yeah, it's blue. It's blue. It's very and it's blue. it's not the song. Yeah, it's it's a blue... It's basically another blue sage. Another, another blue sage in ERN. Well, the only blue sage in ERN right now, actually. Yeah. Running. At least running. Skylar needs to get uh, their blue box up and running again. Yes, and JJ has also uh, terminated his. Ow! I just clipped myself with the Baofeng. But yeah, um, so yeah. you got you got you got the you got the digital. What yeah, else have you I, done? I did, I, I did. I did get the digital. So with that digital comes Rev ninety five, and with Rev ninety five, which is the firmware up. Uh, which is the firmware update needed for the Sage to pull cap. For the Sage to properly Sage again. Yes, for the Sage to properly Sage again. So basically the process of uh, getting Rev95, it was a little difficult, I will say, because I was on, um, let's see, it's it's in my DMs with Dawn somewhere. Can't remember exactly what the firmware was. It was like Rev89 something. Uh... Let's see. Where is my DM? Yeah, I believe Rev A9. Yeah. I could be completely wrong. Don't quote me on anything I say here on the podcast. It was 89.30 with CRF uh, 2, which was below the requirements for uh, updating it to Rev 95. So what I had to do is install CRF 4 and then get Rev 95. But you were able to get Rev95. Yes, and that's what I'm running right now. Nice. So, first impressions. Very nice looking... looking. Uh, what interface. station did your digital come... Because I know it's from Missoula, where I am. I It, it never specified, honestly. It, it, all I know is it came from like a uh, MSRP uh, cluster. Interesting. Emma, do you happen to know any stations in Missoula that use multi-station relay off the top um, of your head? Yes, the Cherry Creek radio cluster that was just sold to Town Square. I believe they use MSRP. So that's probably that digital I came from, (laughs) Cherry Creek then. Yeah, I was actually rather, I was actually really surprised to see that sender ID. Yeah, yeah. I, it was, I don't have a screenshot of it, but it, it's on my stream somewhere uh, on my YouTube. But um, yeah, it, it's not a specific um, 
station. Is it just like, is it kind of like, like the generalized, like brand name for? Yeah. Yeah. It it gave the name of the, um, of the cluster. I don't remember what it is, but, um, it's not like, you know, my first stage, my 1822, where it was. I remember the one where you got it from was not um, was not the Cherry Creek Radio Cluster. It was Mountain Broadcasting, KMSO, KHDV. That was yeah, what it was. I do remember it was KMSO. Yeah, yeah the ID was MTN BDC. Yep. MTN, the Montana Television. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the other MTN. The other <laughs> MTN in Montana. <laughs> yeah. So let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to find the email that I've received. Did I trash it? I believe I might have trashed it. But um, in the meantime, what else did you do with your station to upgrade? Well, let's see. Um, What else did I do? I upgraded uh, from VLC to Radio DJ. Marley helped me out with that. Big ups to her. I helped you with that, too. Yeah, you did as well. But yeah, actually, yeah. Both of you did. Stereo tool, though, she did for the most part. Yeah. And uh, so basically what I have going on, instead of it just going from VLC into voice meter and then vo- and then my Sage into voice meter, and that's the audio switch, I actually bought these cables for the audio switch that goes into my Sage. So the music from Radio DJ goes into Stereo Tool. And that goes into a capture audio capture card, which then goes into my Sage, going into another sound card to my computer, and then out the IceCast. Oh, so you, you don't process your Sage? I do process my Sage. Oh, okay. Hmm. Actually, wait, hold on. Yeah, uh, Radio DJ. Okay, Radio DJ into voice meter... I think. So I'm gonna say I know my audio is relatively unprocessed. No, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very confusing little thing I have going on. I haven't fully done it. This was mostly Marley doing this, like team viewing into my computer. So I think how it is, it's it's radio DJ into the capture card, and then going into my Sage, and then from my Sage into a sound card which is then going into voice meter to up the volume because my capture card is stupidly quiet for some reason. So then that needed to be worked out. And then that goes into stereo tool and that goes into a virtual audio cable, which goes into the ice cast. Nice. So it's a, it's a little, eh, that's, in terms of that, that is, that's similar how to my station runs. Don't worry. I understand what you're yeah. saying. I mean, so it's yeah. way more complicated than it was. Like, say, uh, yeah, my station is super simple. Like, you have radio DJ to the Sage, and then the Sage to my computer sound card. Yeah, I, I just realized. I just realized, Cam, and you're probably gonna kill me for this. Probably. I just realized I completely forgot one of the one of the important things about Crossroads. What? Not only am I the only ERN participant with a functioning EBS encoder in the air chain, I am the only ERN participant with EAS, EBS, and NPass all in the chain. Nice. 
I because Frank was talking about his complicated setup, and I was about to just mention, you know, mine's just as complicated. And then I remember there's a piece to that I hadn't mentioned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have Open Broadcaster in the air chain specifically and solely to do NPass, nice. and that gets overridden by both EBS and EAS. Nice. But, I know uh, that's yeah. like a complete side tangent, but yeah. I felt like I needed to mention that. Hey, this is the yeah. ERN podcast. Our whole meaning is side tangents at this point. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. But basically, that's unlike, unlike my 1822, which came from a specific uh, radio station, which was WSSW in Wisconsin. Uh, fun fact about that, actually. This, like my 1822, very well could have uh, picked up and relayed the... Um, the Wisconsin Civil Danger Warning that was sent out on NWR. I think it was a civil emergency. Oh no, was it? A- no, it was a it was a civil danger warning. Oh uh, yeah, for nice. uh, very heavy blizzard conditions in 2011. So that this thing, what I'm pointing to, but nobody can really see it. But uh, it's right next. It's right next to my digital. Oh no, I I saw it there. in your camera. I know what I know yeah. where it is. It's right there. Yeah, it's literally right there. It doesn't have a terminal block in it because the terminal block that came with my digital is a pain in the actual... It's it's hell. I don't understand how it's not cooperating with me. Like, none of the none of the little, little doors open or close. Yeah. So I have to... Terminal strips always are yeah. a crapshoot. Yeah. But uh, once I get that one going on i'm probably gonna have monitors going from to and from both my index so if i were you i would i would use your 1822 as a just extra monitor i wouldn't even wire them together yeah but i kind of want to use this as a local index kind of like um i don't know who does it oh yeah marley with her tft i guess but um Kind of want to do something like that for this. Um, this my digital is basically somewhat nationwide. It does nationwide cap. It pulls uh, basically anything important, really, except DMOs, except RWTs, except RMTs. Yeah, I do have ADRs in there because despite, despite Arizona literally spamming them every day, it, there's probably something that someone's going to send over cap. Yeah. But anyways, let's uh let's wrap the the station parts up because I think we got through them pretty good. We have a couple bits of news we want to get in before we take off for the day or night whenever you're listening. And or I can actually talk about this main one first. It's the polygons for uh, non-weather emergency messages from the National Weather Service. Yeah, I was uh was I was sitting down eating something and then like I got this notification. It was ctp's iem bot and then it showed like a local area emergency but it kind of looked like a special like you know the special weather statements that typically go through so it had that outline of like a specific area within a county so you saw the outline like it was a actual weather warning but it said like local area emergency and it had the text bulletin in the upper upper right corner and I look on the National Weather Service website, and sure enough, it was actually issued as a very small polygon around the city. Interesting. Do you remember what that uh, uh, alert was for? 
I have a screenshot. I remember it being for a missing person. I need to double check that real quick. Okay. I mean, regardless of what it said, yeah, that's that's cool that they can use uh, polygons for NWEMs. That was a uh, a recent update that was in uh, August. It's one of the, even though it was from August, uh, we only just saw the first. Yeah, I don't I, even know if it was the first one of the first ones that yeah. we're able to take advantage of. Yeah, it was a missing system. persons alert that was issued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I and then there's another bit of news we want to include in here because it's more of a serious one in terms of security. Uh, Daz released a security advisory for all software versions, including the 4.4 that Daz Dick 2's run and then. We don't know what the three runs, but it probably a version of 4.7. But all DASDEX are included in the security vulnerability. It's the same type of vulnerability that was patched in 2019, but it's a different method from a Ken Pyle, that one uh, person we were talking about with uh, the DASDEX at the DEF CON conference. Uh, Digital Alert Systems will be providing a software update patching this vulnerability in the coming weeks, so... If you have a DASDEX, stay tuned for that because it's a pretty serious uh, vulnerability if if it if the the wrong person's able to use it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, security is especially with things like the various uh, hacks. It's uh, it's a little scary to think about. I know that I have been um, taking great pains to make sure that all the stuff I've done, both for my own stations and at work, have been. Uh, very, very firmly kept behind firewalls where possible. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, in the next episode, we'll talk a little bit more about EAS security, about FEMA proposing some upgrades and such like that. So we'll get into that in the next episode. But for this one, there's not much else we need to talk about unless anyone else wants to chime in on the uh, the DASDEC vulnerability. I know my security thing is the only thing I can even remote access to get control of is my easy. And that is not monitored by anything. So it just doesn't yeah, sound little exactly. Thing. My sage cannot be sent, cannot have like remote control or anything. So yeah, I'm pretty safe in that regard. Unless someone sends a road data header over the air. Yeah. But well, other than that, Okay, uh, my uh, my inter- my web interface for my Sage is uh, not on a server. So if unless it's someone's in my local LAN, uh, there's no way to access it. Yeah. The unless is- Marley happens to team viewer into my computer and sends an EA. Well, actually, she can't send an EAN. She can't you do can't- anything. Yeah, you can't do much of anything. You, you can't. You can't, you can't send anything other than on RWD on the Sage interface, which great security feature. Sucks for me because, okay, one thing I want to say about Rev ninety five is that on the front panel, you can't view alerts anymore, and you can't send old alerts. It says feature removed. Yeah. So you you need to you need to go into the actual web interface and look at your logs but you can't resend those logs so i'm a little annoyed at that interesting Hmm. 
But other than Brian. that, I think this is as good as time as any to uh, to wrap up. Um, uh, DV, did you have something to, to include there? Yeah, I did, and then I got walked over about three times. And, uh, anyways, I wanted to just say that uh, the EAS is pretty much like over-the-air, unless you have zero over-the-air monitors. Basically, anybody can go ahead and transmit a header over the air and set off your station, which could have set off other stations. It's, it's pretty unsecure for what it is. There's no verification level going on for the legacy system. But that that's just uh, I don't I don't I don't think it was ever considered back in 1994 when it was introduced and then in 1997 when it was federally adopted I don't think it was even a consideration that anybody would do that yeah until you got like the 2006 zombie hack yeah but other than that yeah I think this is good a time as any to wrap up uh so yeah, this has been the ERN podcast season two. Yeah, it's been good so far. If we get more ERN participants in the next episode, we'll include that. The next episode will also talk about security of EAS and st- uh, just stuff like that in terms of alerting systems. And yeah, if you're like, if you enjoy what you're hearing, you can follow the ERN podcast on literally any platform ever because we somehow managed to get it everywhere. I don't still don't know how. And Emma's got something. And if you order within the next 15 minutes, we'll double the offer and give you two ERN podcasts for just $19.95 plus shipping and handling. Exactly. I don't know if we'll do an uncut. That takes a, yeah, I don't even know where I'd post that. But yeah. Just if, make that a Patreon reward. Yeah. Income. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock Ooh. at night. Oh, well. It's 12 in the morning. Dude, it's 1230 here. Do Welcome it. it's to 9:22 p.m. here. Congratulations! Yeah, we're all we're all across the the North America. I was going to say I am not in the U.S. Thank you very much. Yeah. All across other than that, North yeah. America. If you like if you like what you're hearing, follow the ERN podcast. You can also listen to the same podcast here on YouTube. Uh, you can look up the Gwes ERN podcast. We'll, I also want to start uploading EAS memes there. We already did one with <laughs> with the uh, the EAS slander video. So if you like that, follow the ERN podcast. <laughs> the one the one that you kind of stole from me. I stole it from you, but I made it better. The original's better. No, before hey, you know, if we're sh- if we're shamelessly plugging things, I should shamelessly plug that you can hear me on the radio every Wednesday from five to nine PM on Civil Radio for my show, The Spin. It's like Seinfeld, but for music. In other words, it's a show about nothing. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but yes, this is the WDUP is now a cult media radio station, so go to cultmedia.ml. That's my shameless plug. A Heartland yeah. Communications group station. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Bye. Right, see you, people. See ya. Bye.